Welcome to Codecast. We're a podcast that focuses on everything tech, and we give you an idea of what developers, startups, and creatives are up to in Zambia and across Africa. Every two weeks, we explore different topics and applications of technology in the real world. Every episode is brought to you by Agora Code Community. For more information, visit agoracode.community or follow us on Twitter at CodeAgora. Welcome to episode 15 of Codecast. Today's topic, the mobile web versus hybrid apps versus native apps, specifically on Android. Our guest today, Dennis Mwamba. I'm probably butchering his name, but hope you enjoy the show. You're listening to Codecast Zambia, brought to you by Agora Code. We are growing the community of developers across Zambia, one line of code at a time. Visit agoracode.community for more information, or like us on Facebook, at Code Agora. We're on Twitter too, at Code Agora. Uh, hey, this is Dennis. I'm an Android developer, and you're listening to Codecast. So, Cynthia's back. Yeah. Welcome back, Cynthia. Uh, like, where's your enthusiasm? Yay! <laughs> you know, this is this is really shocking for someone that went to San Francisco and had so much fun dancing ex- in the streets. Right, 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 right. Salsa. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We're yeah. waiting for those lessons. Yeah. Yeah. Shaking yeah. my booty. It's right. gonna be a please don't say booty. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay. Uh shall we get into the news? Yep. Okay, so, uh, of course, the two big uh, items are Google I.O. and Facebook F8. Microsoft Build 2. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Last year when we were doing this episode, you did the exact same thing. And our reaction was the same. (laughs) Exactly the same. It hasn't changed. Wait. Yes. A year ago. Yes. Oh, shit. Yeah. Mm. It's been a year. Yes. Happy... Happy anniversary, guys! <laughs> you know what? Like, if you could send us the gifts. Yeah, that would be helpful. That would be, that would be I great. I want the Facebook portal. Yeah, we like branded jumpers and stickers. And Alexas. And Alexas. Yeah. Yes. Or even the Google Home Mini. Thank you. Regards. Yeah. Management. Once <laughs> there for a while. <laughs> okay, uh, let's get into the news. Uh, Google I.O. Shall we start with Google I.O.? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's get into what was revealed. Let's start with the Pixel 3a and 3a XL. That's a mouthful. Uh, so <laughs> Google revealed uh, cheaper variants to their Pixel line. Uh, so uh, for about $400, you're going to get a cheaper version of their Pixel uh, Pixel 3, basically. Yeah. How much value for money is it though? It seems like uh, really good value for money considering uh, usually what Android phones do is they skimp out on a lot of the hardware but it'll have, look, for example, like uh, let's look at a budget phone like uh, the OnePlus, right? They have high-end specs uh, but then they'll skimp out on stuff like the screen and the camera. <laughs> where Google are going like the opposite route. Like they don't have the specs per se. At mm-hmm. least it doesn't seem that way. But you get the same camera experience from the Pixel 3 mm-hmm. in a $400 phone. Are I we mean, ge- are we getting anything new from Apple this year? Uh, I mean, you're obviously going to get a new iPhone. But I mean... Are, are we not expecting a new iPhone this year? Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just asking generally. You don't have to take it personally. And for the record, <laughs> today we have two iPhone guys in the studio. Yes. You know, the funny thing is, I think the new iPhone you get is going to be, what's it going to be called? 11S for same? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
as an Apple user, I feel like <laughs> there's been a, there's been a pain point that has been reached where everything is now the same after the seven plus going up. It's all the same. But one would argue like that uh, generally, in terms of technology or well anything connected to technology, we've kind of reached a plateau. Like yeah, we don't yeah. really expect anything wow we talked about this um uh, there's an event we reviewed in january ces yeah. like we talked about how those, mm, those somewhat things, new yeah. stuff but not really yeah exactly yeah. the things that we're seeing now are basically the same things we've been seeing for a couple of years they're just now a little more like mainstream or like consumer facing if, if that makes sense mm. so i don't know like in terms of innovations for phones i mean there's like Galaxy Fold. Wow. Didn't turn out too well, did it? No, it didn't. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah. Cynthia, would you like a Galaxy Fold? No. But uh going back to the to the Pixel, the I think I think if you wanted like the Pixel camera and the Pixel features, the uh, Pixel features being basically the things that Google decides are not good enough or too good for the rest of uh, you know. <laughs> Oh, you laugh, but it is, it is like, no, like, true. yeah. So, like, Western I think this is really good value. No, you. Listeners, I know, but okay. I know. You, you <laughs> I'm just staring at her, like, what, what, what's this? What's this? No, but <laughs> then I'm, I'm staring at Elias as well. So it's, yeah. Um, I think oh, with okay. the Pixel Three A, uh, with the reviews I looked at. The difference between the 3A and the normal uh, and the other budget phones, which uh, the main companies are giving, like uh, the XR, for example. Mm-hmm. XR, you like you said, you you sacrifice the screen mm-hmm. and some of the specs. But for the 3A, is the XR a budget phone? That's what I was going to say. Yeah, according to them. How much is according it? To according to them. No, according that. to them. That's that's the. <laughs> remember what, what they did with the the, uh, the SE? Yeah. It was like an S6. Oh, so at a six, um, a six, mm-hmm. but in uh, five, uh, yeah. five. You know, in truth, when he said budget device, I thought he was going to talk about the Huawei. Uh, I, I think, mean, I think they've moved from a budget phone now. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it's in the zoom on that P thirty though. I, I think I like this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> the, the I think we're about to digress. Yes. Yeah. 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 Anyway, please continue. <laughs> no, I think uh, yeah, definitely like four hundred dollars is considered a budget option. Like for the iPhone, we can all agree it's not a budget option, right? It's, no, 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 it's not. It's like seven hundred dollars, but Apple, Apple will tell you it is because they've started selling thousand dollar phones. But in terms of like the 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 three A like being value for the money, mm-hmm. like what do you buy a Pixel for? Is the question right? You want the stock Android experience. Yes. You want the camera. Yes, I want the camera. And you want the perks that Google is going to add on top of the Pixel, so like quick uh, updates. Yeah. Uh, they might as well be instant now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's basically like having the Android equivalent of an iPhone. Immediately, <coughs> an update comes out. You have it the on your device. Line. Yeah. So for in terms of value, I think this is actually I would, at this point I would buy this over the actual pixel. Because oh. why are you buying the actual pixel over this? It's a good question. I think they've they've, they've cut into. But but you know you know one interesting thing I ha- I haven't really enjoyed when it comes to uh, stock Android devices or near stock Android devices. 
Um, I saw some statistics this week. Um, right now, we only have about, I think, between 10 to 20% of de devices in the world having access to Android P. And now we have Android Q. So, like, it feels like we're heading towards an Apple situation where a lot of the updates will only happen on Google devices. And it will take forever for them to trickle to the rest of the rest of the uh, OEMs but I think Google are looking at it more like we're comparing the pixel to the iPhone now mm -hmm. they're not really comparing Android as a whole to the iPhone they're kind of now because even even with their like what what were the what were the headphones called the, the ones that never never really made a dent the Google headphones the the Google Buds, the Pixel Buds, the Pixel. Buds. Honestly, I don't even remember. I'm yeah. gonna be honest. I didn't even know those existed. Well, like they revealed them when they're revealing the Pixel Three. They revealed the Pixel, the P Pixel Book. They revealed the Pixel Buds. They revealed like their like laptop thingy and. I'm sorry. Usually, when I look at Google I/O, I'm more interested in what they have. What what offerings are there for developers? Yeah, no, no, no. The, the, those 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 weren't revealed at I/O. They were revealed at the Pixel event. What they ah. the Pixel event. Oh, okay. So, Makes but, sense. like clearly they didn't make it then because like uh, no one here. Speaking about, about developers and Google I/O, was there anything special for developers? Uh, there was something special for me. Okay. Uh, Kotlin is officially the. Uh, what what do they call it? The default programming language? The preferred. The preferred. preferred. Yeah. yeah. So that's Google basically saying, yeah, Java developers, if you're not going to make the switch now, then it might never happen. Huh. Yeah. I'm here for this. Yeah, I'm here <laughs> for this too. Oh, full disclaimer, I'm a Kotlin developer. So. Yeah. Full disclaimer, I hate Java. Full disclaimer, everyone hates Java. <coughs> I don't think I, I had Java. Point of that's correction. why I went to Python. <laughs> Point of correction, there's only one Java developer in the room, and that's me. I'm a Java developer too. Mm -hmm. I moved. That's cute. Yeah, it's cute. Java versus Kotlin. No, it's not even like it's not even a comparison. Like Kotlin is better <laughs> in almost every way. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll, sacrifice we'll anything we'll that. Would you I, like to, I, I you guess like to disagree? I, I guess we can save that. We can save that for the actual uh, yeah. episode. Yes. <laughs> Fired. Prepare. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, anyone here remember Nest? Yeah. 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 So uh, Nest is uh, making a comeback, or it's. I thought it never left. It never left. Mm. But uh, I think uh, Google announced that their. Uh, their home line so the google home that you want is going to be rebranded as like nest so mm -hmm. like google home is now google nest so i think google bought nest some time ago then uh nest became uh, like they did the whole alphabet reshuffle then nest became uh part of alphabet and then I don't know. It's a whole confusing thing. But now Nest is officially part of Google again, and it seems Nest is becoming Google's uh, home IoT uh, division. So they revealed uh, the Nest Hub Max, which is basically a Google Home with a screen. Hmm. Very underwhelming, though. Uh, it was. 
Das ist ein Under in, Okay, in my opinion, ist Google I.O. Das ist ein bisschen underwhelming. I mean, last year, do you remember last year's I.O.? We were raving. Yeah, so I think this one was a bit, you know, but it's fine. I mean, not every year can be, you know. One of the best. Yeah. Uh, Android Q Beta, I think, uh, I think we'll talk more about this uh, in, in the coming weeks. But yeah, of course, they were going to reveal the next version of Android. Dark themes, uh, new digital well-being, smart reply, all the good stuff. In Android Q. I, I know I just feel lazy to go over that <laughs> because it's like the stuff that we've already been using, smart replies, I think we've had for a while now. Yeah, like in uh, Gmail and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and even in um, in Google Messages because Google Messages has become a whole lot smarter since they decided to focus more on it than Google Allo, So Yeah, I mean, it's just, if, if it can get better and be the... Android equivalent of Apple's iMessage. Yeah, and I think that's one reason I really liked um, uh, iPhones and the whole Apple. Mm -hmm. e well, yeah, that's, that's that's pretty much the only thing I really enjoyed was iMessage, and I yeah. think I'd like that on, it, on on Android. Definitely, like it's it's something that I think is overlooked a lot, but it is something that locks you into the ecosystem. Because yeah. especially like uh, in the US, maybe Cynthia can speak more to that, but people are like clinging onto their iPhones because of those blue bubbles. Mm -hmm. And we haven't even gotten into um, Google Assistant and how fast everyone is claiming or Google is claiming it's going to get. Yeah. Uh, so for Google Assistant, they talked a bit about how it's going to be. Uh, so I think they're calling it the second gen of Google Assistant or something. Uh, but uh, there's certain uh, stuff that the assistant can now do on your device. As as we all know, like these uh, assistants usually have to like ping a server, mm -hmm. do, the, do the logic and whatnot, and then come back. But I I I, I really want I really want an Android developer's point of view on this. Well, um, <coughs> on this one. I think for me, I'm a bit prejudiced to Google Assistant, even though I'm an iOS user, because mm -hmm. I've used uh, Siri and <laughs> Google Assistant. Yeah, you see, it's funny, eh? Mm. Yeah, there's a reason. <laughs> Siri is very bad, in my opinion, because everything that's you have an, to That's do, an understatement. It's, it's terrible. Yeah, because everything you have to do requires internet. But Google Assistant can make offline. Yeah. With Siri, you can't even open your WhatsApp messages. You can't even call someone. If so your you mobile data is off, that's it, no Siri for you. Mm. Siri is Which, unavailable. Yeah. And don't even talk, it will put a message. Yeah. Well, but I, I, I mean, think I can testify to that because when I was traveling, I noticed at some point I did not have internet connection and mm. the Google Assistant kept on reminding me just by checking my ticket mm -hmm. in my email that my flight is at this time. So like, there's a lot more uh, options available <coughs> for offline capabilities, right? Yeah, especially... So I think this was uh, something they talked about when they were talking about the Nest devices, actually. Mm -hmm. Like where, uh, when you get uh, home and you say something, I don't know, what do you say? Google, I'm home? I have no idea. Yeah, uh, but uh, it doesn't like uh, send that information to the server immediately. It does like, on obviously there's going to be some communication because like it's all Google data, but 
uh, a lot more of this stuff, especially when it comes to Nest, is being handled on the device. So someone doesn't have to like, like worry about, oh, are they going to know when I'm home and mm. stuff like that? Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm really excited to listen to Cynthia talk about F8. <laughs> May I start with a disclaimer? I do not work for Facebook again. Yet. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, I hope Facebook will hear this yet. Um, <laughs> um, so I had the privilege of attending F8 this year again. And this time around, I I was also on a panel discussion talking about how the programs like Facebook Developer Circles are impacting the local developer communities in different countries. But in this case, I was talking about our community, which is uh, Zambia. And uh, it was fascinating to know that they've actually been keeping tabs on what is happening in our local ecosystem. Local ecosystem. And... Um, I was nervous, though people didn't see it, which is good. I'm getting over my imposter syndrome slowly. So, yeah, I first about, I think that was over 100 people and I, I kept calm. Um, so, Facebook. <laughs> <coughs> so, they announced that they, they've actually partnered up with Amazon. So, Facebook has a portal. The Coit Porto. It was the first time I was hearing of it anyway. So <laughs> uh, so they are partnering with Alexa to actually have, Ale- I mean, with Amazon to have Alexa functionalities. Um, yeah, from Porto. I don't know much about this one because I'm equally new to the Porto thing, but I want a Porto. Yeah, I think we just want to jump into the, uh, like, the whole virtual assistant, as- virtual assistant thing. You know what this reminds me of? Uh, Cortana and... Alexa. Yeah. We talked about this, I think, in like episode four so, or something. Or yeah. Something. Amazon, like, they're, they're willing to partner with anyone that's not Google, it seems. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. We, sh- we shall not talk about whatever is happening with Amazon and Google. <laughs> <laughs> no, we shall not. <laughs> but then it, I guess it comes to show that Alexa has better functionalities than, you know, yeah. yeah. But well, that, 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 that's really a bone of contention like I think there are a lot of arguments for and against mm. which you probably won't really have time to get into yeah, yeah. but yeah then, it's a subjective yeah then uh, then uh, Mark announced uh, WhatsApp payments there'll be payments but as usual but we being in Zambia we shall not have those payments anytime soon yes mm. <laughs> it won't be shipped in Zambia <laughs> is there anything we're going to get anytime soon though? Uh, let's talk about that in another episode (laughs) (laughs) I have many grievances (laughs) grievances. (laughs) but you know what my biggest grievances from this announcement about whatsapp payments is all the controversy surrounding facebook the last maybe 18 months Mm. I I don't think they should dare announce whatsapp payments like with all these issues with privacy privacy and and I was reading something about them paying teens to like test out some stuff. Yeah, we talked yeah. about it actually. It's 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 not a good look. But okay. I mean Yeah. Then he he said privacy is the future. No, that's that's what Mark said. That's what Mark said. Yeah. Uh, I like how we're just calling him Mark. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like an old school friend. Yeah. <laughs> he might just be, you know, one of those friends we used to yeah. hang out with in yeah. high school. Yeah. You, you know, like, Facebook is a great platform. Um, I, th- I think in terms of, if we look at all the 
social media platforms right now. We look mm-hmm. at Twitter, we look at well, technically we look at <laughs> yeah, Facebook exactly. and Twitter because exactly. they own everything. <laughs> yeah. Facebook, like looking at Facebook, Twitter and Snapchat. Yeah. yeah. Right? And I think uh Facebook is one of the platforms that really drives a lot of communities. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know. Like there's a lot of the talk that was there late last year and early this year, you know, the the Congress hearing, the the the, the EU stuff going on, listening fines. to all these interviews. Yeah. And by the way, Google is paying bigger fines than Facebook is in the EU, if you didn't notice. Mm. But no one really talks about that. I don't know why. But I mean, it's it's, it's Google people don't look at Google at the same lens, which I feel is, is yeah, I wish I feel is a bit unfair, but yeah, so I don't know if they were quite prepared for this this much usage. I don't know. I mean, looking at the numbers that Facebook has, would there anyone be prepared? No. For I guess I guess it's fair to say you can't really be prepared to handle yeah. such kind of traffic. But yeah, it's it's a really big deal. All these data breaches, mm. all these scandals. I, I I don't know if it. I don't know if it's gonna get any better. Well, um, I know they haven't been having like good stories coming out <laughs> uh, but I, I i i was i was happy at least to hear him say that they, they've started rebuilding their their platforms to enforce privacy and security issues because even facebook if you've noticed the new upgrade he actually mentioned that it was they had to do that because of the privacy issues as well and security and um encryption they'll be putting in encryption on messenger as well the same encryption that we have on whatsapp WhatsApp. yeah so at least they have started working towards you know did he say anything about the dating uh, yes he did (laughs) oh Uh, we we don't have it here You're shitting me. No. I don't think they know their target market now. <laughs> 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 oh, sh- if anyone from Facebook is listening, <laughs> Zambia needs that dating stuff anyway. So, um, no, it doesn't. Oh, yes, it does. So for me, last year when they announced it, they first announced it last year. Yeah. And there's a part where he said, if, if you have people on your friends list, then they won't pop up on the dating platform. Uh-huh. Then I was like, oh crap, I, I have friends on my friends list <laughs> that I am crashing on, so they won't pop up yeah. on the other side. Yeah. Isn't that the whole point though? But then changing, this yeah. year, he put a smile on my face when he announced that they've put what they call secret crash. So I'll get to like my friend who is on my friends list and if they also like me then it would be a match and voila i'll be open i'll be able to openly say hey dude i've been crashing on you mm, yeah. so <laughs> this is actually uh really interesting i mean i probably won't use it but uh okay <laughs> no, no. it's not even like i'm not even throwing shade i've tried the whole dating app thing i've tried tinder mm-hmm. it's uh-huh. depressing Honestly, I didn't know how, how popular Tinder was here. And oh, it's, 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 it's very, popular. very popular. It's very popular. And it's also very depressing. Yeah. Do you know how many people I swipe, what, swipe left? I don't know how there it works. There are many. Yeah. You swipe right? Yeah. Do you know Wait, swiping no. Right you swipe like, left for no and right if you've liked One it. of the swipes. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did a bunch of one of them. That's like liking and like you only get a match when someone you swiped swipes as well yeah Yeah, swipes as well you know what this reminds me of it's Uh, depressing is what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) you know what this this reminds me of that episode of black mirror 
um I, I i'm not really good like with the uh hang I, the I dj mean, yeah hang nah. the, i think that was no, hang no, the dj no, not hang the dj it's the other one where like you give likes to another person right no no not that one there was one where um you have a specific amount of time with someone uh, oh i remember that, was that, that one yeah, yeah hang the DJ. DJ. That, that was a brilliant episode yeah, yeah. I, I felt like that was like um a drilled down version of what a dating app is so when you're swiping left and right it's like and underneath the hood the algorithm and how it works is the episode up until they find each other in the bar yeah pretty much so but then like yeah, we, we're going to get into black yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> okay but, yeah so and the other thing is interoperability ah really what are they doing for that so they're working on um making sure that you mukuma if you receive a message from elias on whatsapp you'll be able to read it via messenger no <laughs> wait is <laughs> no, no, before i say what i want to say dennis why are you saying no honestly i feel the separation of 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 the apps is why some of us have the privilege of not being on certain apps now if i have a facebook account or a whatsapp messenger i receive a message on on whatsapp i see the messenger there the reason why i'm on on whatsapp i don't want people on messenger to contact me so if i'm if it's more like saying trying to pull me to go across the, the applications do you know why it's happening though it's happening no. they own all those platforms no i know they own them but i don't have the option of saying i don't want this this feature are they going to impose it on us or are they going to give us the option if i was him i'd probably impose it i, I don't I think, really care i think it's probably like i i i'm hoping this is how they'll implement it but it's probably a thing where like in your uh privacy settings for WhatsApp. You yeah, can you, can do, you can you can turn it because even, even right now like there's there's things that you can do in WhatsApp that like you can turn off uh, like receiving messages from from uh, strangers, right? Mm. Like if if the if oh, the number yeah, is Oh yeah, I know to start with yeah. yeah. So like I'm pretty sure they're going to put things in place to like like to his point like sometimes you're on the one platform you, you don't want to be to on, go on the other platform. one. So you just want to have one messaging uh, app. You don't want to have to worry about oh, what other apps am I on? If someone wants to contact you, maybe they should, you know, do it the old-fashioned way and get your phone number and send you a WhatsApp. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, for me, for me, the thing is, I like uh, separation of what your content. Mm-hmm. I want to be on WhatsApp mm-hmm. only. That's this is my opinion. Yeah. I want to be on WhatsApp only. When I go on Facebook, which is rarely, I want to be on Facebook only. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if I'm if I'm being told all oh, this this year, this year, this year. I'll end up leaving everything and I'll start sending people emails. Mm. <laughs> That's yeah, true. I've done it before. Okay. Now listen, there are, there are, there are options. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you said I know there are options. Don't, don't go emails. Email. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like um, we are, we are facing, well, we're fighting the inevitable. Um, we are trying to build ecosystems, right? Yeah. We're trying to uh make sure every kind of system communicates with there shouldn't be a break you shouldn't like i think we had a conversation about moving data from like um, icloud to like a google drive storage and mm-hmm. vice versa yeah. and now it can get really tricky and difficult we're heading towards a place where that shouldn't be an issue yeah so you're running away from it now but eventually eventually it will happen but again this is something that the eu are fighting against right Yes. Like we're talking about how like it's not I don't know like the I don't really know if they're fighting that exactly. I feel like they're just um 
fighting the right to protect the user from like you need to be able to make choices yeah it's a uh, it's a uh, anti anti what like they're trying to like something to do with competition like you know we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll probably like, yeah. put the, we'll the probably, name in the description yeah find the name and put it in the description because clearly we don't know what we're talking about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they spoke about the Oculus Rift and Oculus Quest. What's Oculus Quest? <sighs> I genuinely do not know what Oculus is Quest that the is. $1,000 because they're three, right? Yeah, so now there's the Oculus Go, which uh-huh. we got last year. Uh-huh. Then now they have the Oculus Rift, which I hear is very good for gaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the Oculus Quest, which is almost like Rift, but sort of has I don't actually quite understand but apparently it doesn't support so much of gaming like the heavy stuff so it's like a lighter version of <laughs> a lighter version of Rift hmm. uh, interesting and we got the lighter version yes Mark decided to give us the lighter version that's okay that's I okay. wanted the Rift it's, it's probably <laughs> expensive I know but then they I was gave, they gave, they gave the lighter version for <laughs> I know, right. Elias, but still, I wanted that rift. <laughs> you know what? I guess, I guess this is a like a, a really good opportunity. Well, it was a good opportunity before I forgot that um, React Native <laughs> is coming to Windows, like officially announced. So, like Microsoft is doing this thing where you combine React Native and their platform mm-hmm. to like get faster performance for like windows apps and stuff like that so you should see uh a surge in the number of like platforms that you could only access via the web uh as desktop applications on your computer as well mm-hmm. yeah the, the web is actually getting really really ne- they they revealed the uh, what what is it called um this google thing sorry to go back to google uh duplex so Google Duplex, mm-hmm. you know that big thing that they showed off last, last year. Yeah, it's coming to the web. Huh. So like, um, in terms of that, right? You see, I forgot what I'd say. Um, shit. No, it's fine. Mm. No, it's okay. No, don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I guess I, I, I guess the point is, uh, we have going back to interoperability or whatever that word is like well you just said it but it, yeah <laughs> it, well it basically means uh, making sure that systems can communicate with each yeah. other on mm. whatever platform yeah. so it goes back to that they were trying to create like a seamless experience across all, all platforms mm-hmm. and uh this goes back to microsoft builds announcement last last year regarding you being able to see notifications from your phone and yeah. that sort of thing yeah and while we're on the topic of lighter versions of stuff, mm-hmm. and, um, the topic for today, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, stressing the whole Android dev cycle. Then there's a supposed lighter version, hybrid, like uh, mobile app development. And then the lightest version of them all, like mobile web, mm-hmm. which is supposed to replace native development of mobile apps but hasn't really taken off yet. Uh, yeah, I, I guess, I guess, uh, are, are we jumping into the topic of the show? I guess we could. Let's jump right in then. So I guess uh, one of the biggest issues with like the mobile web is the fact that 
when you're on your phone, the convenience of having a native app is when you open that app, you're in that bubble, right? Yeah. On the web, it's not exactly the same. It's you're on a website. I don't know if that makes sense. It kind of makes sense. But then that's, that's, that's the entire reason why we have uh, progressive web apps now, which have been around for, I think this is the fourth year, yeah. third or fourth yeah. year. Uh, and I remember the first year they, they really came out. It was really interesting and I dove into it for a little bit. I kind of tried to build a couple of stuff here and there. And uh, from the beginning, it kind of felt like trying to make an Android app but without the stress of using Android Studio, still having the same feel, even though it was really, it was much slower, in my opinion, at the time. I haven't really tried it recently, but at the time it was much slower. Uh, the, the Twitter one wasn't... That slow, right? Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, I think they were kind of on par. The native app and the PWA were somewhat on par. Yeah, and, and, and just for context, right? Uh, when we talk about native apps and mobile web apps or versions of different apps um, there's something that I know is quite popular now with a lot of people uh, there's Twitter Lite and there's Messenger Lite as well mm -hmm. so this is exactly what we're talking about if we're talking about a native app for example an Android app it means you went to um, the Play Store or we can even include iOS guys you went to the App Store and you downloaded a Twitter app and you installed it on your device and you started using Twitter mm -hmm. The alternative, if you don't want to do that, you want to save space, is just go, go you could Google Twitter Lite, and it's like really like small, like 2 MB, 3 MB. You, you install it. It's pretty much a website, but it works like your Twitter app, for yeah. example. Um, yes, that's basically what we mean when we refer to native apps and mobile web apps mobile, mobile, for context. Mobile, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, I think this is where you come in. I'm mm. very happy. No, jump in, jump in. Yeah, so there are three things. There's the native app, there's the hybrid, and then there's the progressive web app. So the ones I'm very familiar with are the hybrid applications and native applications. So let me start by describing them, if you haven't already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I need to make this very clear. Okay, I can see you're very passionate. Yeah. Yes. Mm. <laughs> uh, go, go ahead, go ahead. Um, native applications, um, you use uh, platform-dependent languages to create those applications, as okay. opposed to hybrid applications where you have the liberty of choosing what uh, language you can use depending on the framework that you choose. Because there are certain frameworks like Xamarin, which is a bit old now, even though Microsoft bought it. It was terrible. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> they bought it for a lot of money. So that allows you to use C Sharp or F Sharp to make uh, iOS or Android applications. Yeah, I remember that one because um, the whole point was for you not to develop two separate apps. Yes. Just build one code base and then port to like different, different yeah. devices. So the other one is, uh, which is, which I know, is it React Native? Uh, yeah. It's React Native. No, yeah, no, the, you could also use React yeah. Native uh, to build apps. So. The thing is, uh, with hybrid applications, it's cost-effective in the sense that you don't have to hire developers in different domains to create the same application. Mm -hmm. yeah. You make one application. So now, one application which is going to be used on uh, the main platforms. So now with native applications, you go, for example, like Android. Android, you use Kotlin nowadays, which is being promoted. Mm -hmm. Or you can use uh, Java, which <coughs> is the 
Yeah. No, it's the main language. It's the, the main language. Uh, the issue that I have it's with the issue that I have with Kotlin and Java at the moment is Kotlin is new. So certain errors are going to find you. You might find an error that you find you have to report it. Now trust but me, I I know all about exactly. Kotlin, Kotlin and then today I was lo- the, I was lack of resources. I was looking at, at an article today. Um, Kotlin, in a way, in my opinion, is sort of like hybrid application. Why am I saying so? Kotlin uses the JVM. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now the JVM only understands one type of code, which is what Java. 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 That's so the <laughs> exactly. So Kotlin. <laughs> Kotlin is easier to write or to use and is lighter. But the snag comes where when you compile the code, it has to make Java code that to, that to go to the JVM. JVM. Yeah. So in essence, I don't know how Google does it now because I've, I've not yet gotten into it because I'm waiting for it to reach a few years. So it's when I have problems, because when you're starting a language, there's so many, so many hiccups. The problem is... But you have me. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. An, <laughs> an error you find, you report it, then to be worked on. Uh-huh. Okay, but if you look at the way Java is been used from 2008 up to now, so it has so much support compared to Kotlin. Okay, now finish. I'll have something yes. to say. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing with uh, native applications and hybrid applications is, uh, it's it's fun when you say, oh, the hybrid application to run on all platforms, but at what cost? At what cost? Yeah, but but, but what's, what's what's the real cost? I feel like it's still cheaper. No, 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 no. It might be cheaper, yes, but it depends on uh, what application you're creating, for example. I'll give an example of Amazon. Amazon is a hybrid application, so it's not, it's not native. If you've used it, it's not native. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I, I didn't, didn't know, know that either, but now that you're telling yeah. me that, I, if, I think if, I can see it. If you notice, every time you open a page, it has to load first before yeah. it gives you the view. But on a, mob, on a native application, you open it, the icons already be there. The only thing that's going to load is the content. Hmm. That's okay. one of them. The second one is Sports Direct. Sports Direct as well is a hybrid application. It's not native. Okay, never use Sports Direct. Yeah, I'm, so. g- I'm, I'm, giving, I'm giving an example of uh, domain specific applications that, yeah, you, can, that yeah. you can use to make hybrid. But then if you go to, for example, let's say uh, Snapchat. Snapchat is an, is an application that uses a lot of hardware resources. Yeah. So for you to make a hybrid application, you have to be using someone else's server uh, to process your request. But the thing is, you have, to use, you have to use a camera. With most hybrid applications, the issue is the APIs that they have. You, you need to check if they have the API, for example, to access the fingerprint, for example. Yeah. So the issue with that, that I have with that hybrid application is that they become slower. The reason is there's always an engine above yeah. the, the, the main resource of, of the platform you're using. Yeah. Okay. For example, with Android, there's a JVM. So when you use, for example, let's say, which one is that? Is that uh, React, which is which, which is Cordova engine? There's something called the Cordova uh, engine. Ionic. Yeah, but one of these yeah, uses a code The one I know is PhoneGap, but it's a bit old. Guys, I hated learning Ionic. You have no idea. <laughs> like, it was, it brought convenience, yeah. mm-hmm. but there was just a lot of stress. Yeah, yeah and the, the apps actually didn't work really yeah. well. And I think Ionic's starting to fall off a bit because it uses Angular. Ish, and debugging, that was crazy. <laughs> debugging. I Have I tried imagine. using uh, Ionic? No. Yeah, don't, don't. <laughs> uh, so going back to what I was saying, the issue of um, domain-specific applications. So for example, Snapchat. Snapchat requires you to use the hardware of the phone. So you need to have certain APIs that are native to, to the phone for your app to work faster. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you look at some of these uh, hybrid applications, they go through an engine where the code has to be generated. Like for example, the one I know is PhoneGap, which is a JavaScript. So JavaScript will go through the Cordova engine, which will convert that code into Java code, which will go to JVM, then go to the operating system. 
So already the complexity is making you up slow. So imagine you doing that when using Snapchat just for you to open it. Can I tell you what's more complex though? Mm. Sitting and waiting for Android Studio to download all your packages. Thank you. Every week. Yes. Also now pointer exception. In my opinion, I might sound like a very bad person, yeah. but now accepting pointers are beginner mistakes, guys. Wow. No, yeah. no. Oh, wait, yes. no, wait, I, hey, hey, wait. Now pointer exception. What time should we kick him out? Have notoriously been. Yes. A very, like, it's, what is it called? The billion dollar era? It has cost, com- it has cost companies yes. billions. Yes, but you know, you know the funny part? What? Every time you go back to, when you find the error, what's the problem? someone forgot to initialize the variable it's always that it's always that have you heard of kotlin and now safety <laughs> you see this is the problem you are running away no 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 from the okay, native okay. nature first of, all, first of all first of all first of all you know what cynthia and i agree that uh we're looking at two very passionate java developers yeah uh one who's seen the light and the kotlin, other one and the other one still stuck in the past yes yeah. no, no it's not, not a bad thing i'm not stuck in the it's past it's not a bad thing it's not a bad thing it's not a bad thing oh oh oh, oh, oh. I, i'm sorry i didn't know you were being real okay. <laughs> this, is, this one is interesting um, it's very interesting okay, it's very different I, from our usual yeah. apple android <laughs> arguments. Yeah. can i can i just say um i agree that uh in terms of uh the the stack uh like when you're building a native app Maybe you want to go with uh, uh, what do you call it, Java, mm-hmm. but you're making it sound like the overhead is like huge. It's no, not. No, 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 don't, don't, don't get me wrong. For me, I'm being prejudiced to what I feel is comfortable because yeah. the, the reason I'm giving why most developers are still yet to uh, go on to Kotlin because it's a new language. Okay, there are can a lot I... of problems you're going to find. One of the th- one of the things is uh, the major issue when the notch came out, most developers couldn't. Uh, get rid of uh, what, what do you call this? Make application that run on a phone like mine and a phone like yours. Why? It's because the language. Mm-hmm. And most and most and most of those uh, managed to do that using what Java. Yeah. Kotlin has had a lot of issues, but they're fixing it. Okay. I get your point for issue of Kotlin, and uh, to get to a point where I'm going to have to admit. <laughs> no wait, wait. Okay. Let me finish. Let me finish. I'm going to have to admit that everyone who's doing uh, native applications, for example, in Android eventually have to move to Kotlin. And the thing is now it's even, mo- it's, it's even being pushed faster because Oracle are now charging for Java. Wait, what? Yes. Oracle, you pay for Java now? Yes. Oracle are now charging for Java. And today uh, we discovered that there's a certain uh, uh, cluster function that MySQL offers, which Oracle is now charging for. Hmm. So what? what? <laughs> yes, MySQL, a cluster. That's the function they're charging for it now. Oh my goodness. So it's now getting to a point where we're being forced to move to Kotlin because of the issues yeah. uh, Google is having with, with, with Oracle concerning Java. Okay. So it, it goes down to your point. Yes, we have to go to Kotlin. So to your point that, uh, first of all, like when I was saying that the, the, that Kotlin is now the preferred language. Like those are stats that Google. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know, I know. So it's like it's 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 a shift that, to your point, is happening. Okay. Now, in terms of support, the reason why I disagree. Okay, I agree to a certain extent that support is hard to find with Kotlin, right? And m- most new languages, actually. But the beauty with Kotlin is once you learn Kotlin, 
you're basically looking for support in Java and then you're doing the conversion yourself yeah. which is pretty easy yeah, yeah. actually if, if we're talking about ease ease of use you can actually when you copy that Java code from Stack Overflow <laughs> your ID will convert yeah, it to code convert for it you. to yeah. like IntelliJ is going to convert it for you so they like they're 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 slowly chipping away at the you know excuses Java developers have yeah. for not switching to Kotlin. Yeah, I remember the the year they introduced Kotlin. When was it? Twenty sixteen? Uh, twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. Was Kotlin. It? Kotlin was introduced. I think Kotlin started in like twenty eleven, but it was officially official. Yeah, the official. Yeah, at 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 Google I O twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. Oh, it should be sixteen. I remember when, when they launched uh, yeah, you might be right. Android 3. Yeah, you might uh, be Android right. Android 3. You might be right. It had the support for Kotlin. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I'm touched about the, the rookie mistakes. I I, I, <laughs> no. I I don't know about the rest of you guys, but... Um, I am quite touched. I, I think, I think uh, to settle on the 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 area that I, that I wanted to focus on for my career and the future, it took a while. I, I think I tried everything. Well, not everything. There's a lot of stuff happening out there, but I tried Java, for example. Um, I went ahead and tried Android development, even tried hybrid app development with Ionic. At some point, PhoneGap and Cordova. Uh, before I eventually settled on the web, and even within this sphere, it's it's a real big challenge because there's so many new languages, and yeah. I, I I can understand where Dennis is coming from. Um, and I said this in a previous episode. One of the only reasons that React has grown as fast as it as it has is because it's being backed by Facebook. And we can debate this. Uh, you can at us on Twitter if you think otherwise. Uh, and one I of you here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, the, going going into it a little bit more. View is being loaded as one of the. It, it's a it's a really. It's, it's one of the fastest growing JavaScript frameworks mm-hmm. and it's not been supported by anybody and it, people are shocked. Angular, like literally every single year we have like two versions or more and support is crazy, which is where Dennis is coming from. And I yeah. kind of get where I come from as well. Now, in terms of rookie mistakes, what was the biggest rookie mistakes you guys made. I'm not an Android developer, so it's like really strange for me. Yeah, I'm 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 not either. So uh, I'm I'm a Kotlin developer, not an Android <laughs> developer. Let me just make that. Like What's the that. difference? Kotlin is uh, a programming language, so mm-hmm. you can be a Java developer, but mm-hmm. doesn't make you an Android developer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the same way, <clears throat> being a Python Khaleesi doesn't make you a Web Khaleesi. Yeah. If that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I actually uh, use uh, Spring uh, because uh, I'm still working uh, in the web. It's backend, but it's not Android development. But because it's a programming language, you can transition those skills to you use Android. Spring. Yes, I do. Well, finally, they agree. <laughs> yeah, I agree on something. I tried using Spring, man. I just like yo. No, I remember. I remember. You remember that, yeah, right? Yeah, in in, in 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 school when they tried to make us use Spring. That's okay. Um, yeah. I think to ask what what uh, Kuma asked about uh, rookie mistakes. I mean, what uh, when I said it might sound harsh, it's because I went through that for years. The, the point, good, the point where I remember in third year, I think I stopped coding. I was like, you know what? I mean, it's not, it's not my thing anymore. Mm. I'm going to security. 
And, that, and that's, that, that's the moment I fell in love with internet security, mm-hmm. uh, computer security, Linux, and everything. That point. But then, in the domain I was in, I was forced to go back. Okay? <laughs> I was forced to go back because um, the major we had was software development. Yeah. So, and the main stack at the university I was, was Java. So, if you spend, I think I've been using Java for how many years now? Six years? Six years for everything. For web, for desktop applications, for Android only. If you give me a PHP application, I can understand the logic. But once I see that black error, what's it called? Error here, what, 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 I remember what's that? The, 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 the time they change from my, uh, MySQL to MySQL I? Yeah. Yes, that's the point I stopped playing PHP. Why? I, I couldn't debug it <laughs> because I was used to my domain. Yeah. yeah. So when I say rookie mistakes, it's because um, when you when you are learning a language like Java, you need patience yeah. because the moment I was introduced to object uh, oriented, oriented programming, programming. programming. My, my mind just blew up. Yeah. Because I remember it took me one whole year to understand what an instance was, and uh, what was that? Um, what's it called again? An object. Just that. How long did it take you to get uh, constructors? Because <laughs> <laughs> come on, dude, constructors are easy. But they took me a while to get those. Yeah, no, so like, that's, that's the yeah, thing. Like, so I found that difficult, and I found some things easy. So in terms of uh, now exception pointers, why uh, Elias is saying Kotlin has that feature is because in Android, when you're developing for Android, when you make a UI in your XML, the moment you misspell just an ID, believe me, you spend the whole day trying to debug your code. Because you're wondering why it's not building. You forgot a letter. You've been in 40 classes, just a letter. It's, it's, not, it's not like a comma, but the thing is, you won't, you won't see it. It don't show you. You have to go through all the code and see it. So that's, that's the other problem. So it comes with uh, the amount of experience that you have and the amount of uh, time you're willing to spend. Because the coding is faster, it's quicker. Because you have less uh, errors to worry about. Because the moment you meet uh, the now extreme point, a lot of people just say, it's not for me. And you mm. move. Okay. So for me, I was forced into it, like literally forced. You, know, <laughs> you have no option. Because I took Java from second year, even my final project was an Android application. And even where I work right now, I'm still doing Java. And it was not my choice. I was forced into it. Okay? What What would be your choice if you were given a choice? I'm curious. No, it would still be Java. It would still be Java. Why? <laughs> it's because, uh, like, it's like, my favorite episode on podcast was Imposter Syndrome. The moment I move into a different language, I'm completely lost. Yeah. He said mm. his favorite episode on podcast. Yeah, it, he, he, he made me smile there. Okay. Like, yeah. Okay. Like so, syndrome. Um, like my, my, my current replace, they, we have, um, what do you call it? It's microservices. I remember the scalability episode. Yeah, yeah. So we have microservices where you have uh, different systems on different languages. Everyone is, is doing a language they're comfortable with, but the, at the end goal is the application to work. As one, yeah. mm-hmm. okay. So if you take me to a different, a different system, where we're also using Django. I can say it's public. Anyway. Okay, we're using Django. Okay, if you take me there, believe me, I'm like, where is, where, where is the, where is the semicolon? <laughs> I can't find it. I can't. Now find that's it. what makes me love Python. Django. You see, the I don't have to deal with the semicolon nah. crap. Nah. If you try Kotlin. So it, it, no, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it I feel like we should set up a Kotlin support group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it comes down to the question that, that I initially uh, was trying to answer before my passion kicked in was uh, when you're developing an application, it, it, it's up to you to decide what you want to develop. Mm-hmm. You, uh, it's, it's very bad of technical debt because 
this organization or this developer is using Java to develop an application and you throw yourself in there when you know you're going to you know spend yeah. a lot of time on it you can go to Kotlin you can use hybrid applications uh, hybrid uh, frameworks to develop applications depending on what you want to make so at the end of the day you have the liberty it's now getting better by 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 the year I think uh, Google had, what's, what's the thing called again AppMaker there's something they're calling AppMaker where you can make applications online and then dock them to devices they're, it's, it's still, they're still building it ah, it's like okay. a BPM2 uh, oh, actually, uh, business process management tool oh, actually, mm. I so seen you, that. you get to design your workflows your screens and everything when you're done on the web you port it to you make an APK or the I think I heard about that because yeah. I have a serious problem with designing UIs. I, like, oh, me too, me too. You know, I, I, I feel like I'm a proper back-end guy, like I'm a proper back-end developer, but every every place I've ever gone to, I always have to do the UI as well. Yeah. So, like, I'm constantly looking for, like, different ways to kind of make that process easier for me, like designing workflows from that angle so I could actually focus on what I feel like is what matters the most. Like the the things no one really sees, you know. Unlike Mukuma, I've been the lucky back-end developer who has never been taught to do the UI. Wow. I I've always work Can for companies that have an, a UI person <laughs> and I just do my thing I'm in suffering. the back-end. I'm suffering. I have to learn JavaScript. I'm suffering. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I actually, yeah, I'm also like full-time back-end on my current job. Actually, like, don't, don't, don't even have to think about yeah. <laughs> the requirements just come in and you're like okay this is the data i have to send they'll deal with it yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah okay so uh you, you've touched a bit on getting started where one needs to know what they want to build and then from there they get to pick what you know frameworks or languages they want to use uh in terms of uh, android development what are some of the best practices you'd say one needs to keep in mind are we talking native or? I think it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think it doesn't matter. It's just Android development in general. Okay, uh, for me, the first step this is kind of philosophical, but the first thing is take a first step. Don't go on the web and start searching for how to do this. No, no, no. Guilty. Just the first thing you're doing before. Um, I remember my, my previous job where I used to work before, uh, the senior dev always told me before you actually start. Uh, doing development, think about it, plan it. So before you even choose what you want to use, you have to plan. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, uh, nowadays we have uh, frameworks that are domain specific, or you can use whatever you want. But what's going to determine what you're going to use is what you want to develop. So the first step is plan. Mm-hmm. So you go from your conceptual models, you go from your wireframing, then you can now choose. Because the good thing about uh, hybrid applications or uh, web uh, progressive applications is a UI. You, you have liberty to do what you want. But when you go to native XML, they'll tell you this goes here, this goes here, you can't move it. If you want to move it, make a custom view. And how many people understand making custom views? Mm. So sure. a custom view is now you creating your own class that will support the view you're going to be using. And that's technical data you're going to face. So it depends. So the first step, after you plan, that will determine what you need to use. And secondly, use something you're comfortable with. When you're comfortable in a domain, it makes your quality of work higher and your turnovers higher. Okay? So if if you are in a domain for uh, hybrid, stick to hybrid applications. But the day, it will require you to go to a native application, which will probably come if you, if you stick to other applications. You yeah. have to learn. And I would advise you to learn Kotlin now. 
because it's easier for someone who's jumping into Android development compared to um, Java. Using Java. Yes, because most people, like you said, your experience of uh, dependencies. Because I think my SDK now should be like 30 gig or something, 400. That's how big it is. It, it goes back as far as Jelly Bean up to the newest one. I've kept <laughs> everything. Yeesh. Yeah, I still have it. You, you have a problem, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the thing is, uh, if you notice, uh, we are building applications in Zambia. And yeah. not everyone in Zambia has high-end applications. Yeah. So that, that comes down now to progressive web applications and hybrid applications. Yeah. Those ones are easier on phones. Are easier person phone because the, the load is saved is given to someone else who's hosting the, the, the application as opposed to using a phone that comes down to the light applications okay because if you look at the demographic in zambia most people uh use phones like uh oish, i don't say it i don't know i don't know what phones in the room but anyway <laughs> <laughs> but anyways uh you have budget phones which have uh, lesser screen resolution you have uh, a phone with uh, one gig RAM. I think mine has still has one. Does it? Yes, it does. My phone is still one GB RAM. Don't look at me like that. Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I feel like you are in the section of people that are what the elite. If you have one gig RAM, because I still feel like the people with like five, twelve. Yeah. So so it goes down to what I'm trying to say. Huh? So it depends on yeah. who you are targeting. <laughs> yeah, it's surprising, yeah, but it's true. Because we recently got um, statistics from one of these government agencies that do uh, studies on uh, the IT sector mm. or usage. Most people have low-end phones. So you find most Zambian applica- applications don't sell that much. The reason is they are too demanding on selling mm-hmm. phones. You find someone uh, will be using a phone or be using an app on their phone uh, just for them to press the login button. Takes time. Takes time. The reason is the way the apps are developed. And the other problem that even I have or ha- what I used to have is prototyping. So when you go from uh, designing your application, in that design, you need to design for scalability. Uh, how many people are going to use your application? Is that load going to be enough on your, your architecture design? One. Two is if when the, the load increases, is the app going to affect the, uh, the UX, that is user experience, or is it going to affect you on processing? Okay, so all these things go down to planning before you even go down to the code itself. So the moment you plan, I uh, I was uh, I used to be told planning is sixty percent of development. Coding is like twenty. Testing is more. <laughs> you know, not not to play devil's advocate here, but one of the reasons why I, I never did all that stuff <laughs> was because you're always thinking about going to market quickly. Yes. And you want to like cut down on certain things that you feel like are not very. I think even testing is kind of one of those things that just gets thrown yes. aside. Yeah. 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 yeah, but um, yeah. To 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 your point, like you you really don't understand the 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 the, the need to plan out your. Like this is this is something that I think we talk about very often, right? The engineering side of yeah. software engineering, right? planning out your application you only realize that okay maybe we should have done more planning when you hit a, a road mm-hmm. or you you hit you you hit a roadblock mm-hmm. and it's like if i had started developing in this way maybe i wouldn't have hit this mm-hmm. yeah. this, this roadblock. and you've done all this work imagine you've been working for three months mm-hmm. on this thing and you hit that road and now you have to backtrack mm. and then testing is like the other side of that coin where okay you've done all your pla- planning but you 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 
you, your app doesn't work but you don't know it because you didn't test <laughs> so <laughs> and, and the, the most um, it's, it's kind of cliche but the biggest developer excuse it worked on my laptop oh yeah okay, it worked on my laptop all the time like, I don't know why it's not working uh, I don't know why it's not working right now one of the reasons is uh, when most people are working on their laptops it's localhost so all the requests are on your app the moment you move onto a server you find if you're using a, a tiered applica- architecture for example there's distance there's latency mm-hmm. so that latency alone affects your processing time so now when the uh, load increases latency plus number of requests starts slowing the application but in your localhost you won't get that wait so are there like any specific tools i'm interested in the latency part because mm-hmm. i think over the next few months i have to i have to do a lot of stress testing on yeah. some of the applications that we have uh, because the same thing server uh, servers uh, at the national data center the 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 users are all the way across town and in different branches so we haven't done a lot of tdd yeah so like we now is the time when we're trying to like correct all that stuff and kind of like get it figured out is there any like tools that you've used to like do the stress testing and so on and so forth like i think it's just off topic just curious um so you're talking about the latency between the uh, client and the server client and server basically yeah I, unfortunately there i don't think there's much you can do about that it's it's think about it it's between the host and the client so that depends on their internet connection is that the only thing it depends on though no no i guess as that's in, that's in, that's, in, that's where my you, question is when you start looking at thing okay for example like you gave the example of microservices right mm-hmm. there is latency between those microservices so communication mm-hmm. so um, i'm i'm going to i'm going to throw in an, an aws for you know good measure mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like if it's all running on Right. You know, you know, you know why I, I I keep trying to stop you. I found something. It's because we're blaming, we're always blaming the internet connection. Yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not blaming the internet connection. I'm just saying when you look when you because you you talked about uh, the latency between uh, where the servers are and uh, where your clients are, right? Mm-hmm. There's. I'm not I'm not blaming like internet connections mm-hmm. and whatnot but there's only so much you can do from a server side to alleviate the latency that you'll be getting. And therein lies my question. Yeah. What can you do that completely eliminates you and your application as the problem in the cycle basically? Okay. Um I found something but I feel like I still haven't answered Cynthia's question fully. Okay. Yes. So you can't shake your head. It's a <laughs> no. Okay. So um, I think why I'm stressing on the issue of planning is because what they've said is what all of us have experienced when you don't plan your design adequately. Okay. So the issue of planning also uh, comes into what comes into mind as well. There's a, there's a tool that's there. It's called uh, Gatlin. It's load. It's a load tester. You write scripts that test your application. Like for example, you want to test for ten thousand requests. Mm-hmm. So that helps you. Okay. So we pause this for now. I go back. We go back to because I think we we'll go conti- I have a lot of stuff to cover. No, no, this is fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so why I'm stressing on planning is because it helps you as uh, a new developer because the moment you don't plan, the day you run into let's say a database error on your app, believe me, you will stop. And the worst part with 
device database is, is SQL or uh, SQLite. Once that thing dies and you and, and you remove the application, all the information that was there goes. You have to rebuild. Okay? So the issue of planning is very, very critical. I will stress this very, very much. Planning your design is the first step you should take for any app development. Building on that, that will help you choose now the first development technology you're going to use. Before you even go to the language, it goes down to the hardware. Okay? If you're, if you're going to be building hybrid applications, you have less uh, technical requirements. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, after planning, it now comes down to choosing your tools that you need to use. Okay? So, I'll give an example of Android Studio. Android Studio, I think, for I don't know how many years now, the minimum requirement has been 4 gig RAM. Just, just, that's the, that's the first thing that's there on, when you go down to Android Studio. <laughs> 4 gig RAM. And the processor must be above 2.5 gigahertz. Okay? And the recommended is 8 GB of RAM. Just mm. to run Android yeah. Studio before you even build your application. Before you start running yes. emulators. So <laughs> if you're going to choose the native way, you also have to take into consideration of what it will cost you to actually start the development itself. Mm -hmm. Okay? The technology, the tools that you're going to use. So if you're going to use Android Studio, you need a very high-end PC. I will not lie to you if you have a 2 GB RAM PC, even if it's an i8, I, I don't know what i, I going to use. I'm, 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 I'm trying to be extra <laughs> here. I'm trying to be extra here. It will not work. Yeah. You'll be, you'll, be, you'll be frustrated because just for you to drag a button to take it on your screen, it will, it will lag. It will, it will, it will you, start you move the mouse back and forth just for it to move. <laughs> so that alone goes back in, I'm sorry, but to planning. So when you plan on what you're going to use, it will help you uh, manage your costs, manage your technical debt, and the tools you're going to use. So for hybrid applications, it's easier. You have a web browser and let's say a text editor. Okay, and that's that's quite it's free. I mean, most of the things are free. Mm -hmm. As opposed, I mean, if Android Studio is free, but also comes down yeah, with dependencies, which okay. are which are also free, but not free because the internet. Yeah. <laughs> the internet. Yeah. So the second step after planning should be now choosing the tools that you need to use. So for native applications, you need a high-end laptop. You can either use a device. I recommend a device, but Definitely. if you can't uh, afford one, uh, quote unquote. You can use an emulator. We have various emulators. I would, I'm sorry, Google, but I would not recommend the the AV, what's, what's it called? Android Virtual Machine? Yeah, I would not recommend that for someone who's starting out because that alone requires another 2 GB extra for on your machine just for it to run. So do you have such problems in Python? No. <laughs> <laughs> so right now, I'm, I'm listening to all this and I'm like, wow. Yeah, let's go through all that just to make a button move. <laughs> this is just sorry to no sorry no sorry to say this, but this is just reminding me why I don't I like Java. Do <laughs> no, I just had to say it. Inwardly, as I'm listening to all this, dear audience, if you've noticed, I'm actually <laughs> silent because then I'm thinking, thank God, <laughs> thank you, Jesus, yeah. thank you. Jesus. <laughs> Oh, oh my God. My dream is to be that 50 year old developer who's paid billions of dollars just to write Java code. Do you know why? Because Java's about to die and you'll be a rare breed? Yes. <laughs> why <laughs> rare breed. <laughs> uh, why I'm saying so is because uh, in America, some companies still use systems that use Fortran. And Fortran developers are grandparents. 
Okay, and those people are paid a lot of money. They are very few, but they paid a lot of money. So, so you want, how, you want to be a grandparent? No, no, no. It's uh, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is, um, it's good to as a developer to broaden your skills. It's one thing I've noticed about myself is because the moment you put your head down a rabbit hole and say this is my domain, the more the day you come out and the technology you find outside, it's like oh wow. Um. Yeah, uh, I agree, but I will say, okay, let me give uh, my experience, right? So I've, I've put my head down and I've decided, okay, this is my domain, right? This is what I'm doing. Then I'm incorporating skills that complement that. So for example, uh, like you were talking about uh, load testing and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. It makes it a lot easier when you have... Uh, skills that can translate to uh say aws where that makes stuff so much easier for your like load testing and stuff like that you know you so i would say if you can and i don't know if this is like domain specific uh, what i meant by that was specialization is key Mm -hmm. for me um i'm an android developer by not profession but partial Mm-hmm. It's something I would do smiling, but if you give me coding in Java, yeah, no, no, Android, Android development. Okay, okay, yes, okay. I was just checking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Android development. Uh, and the thing is, the moment I left uni, because my interest in uni when uh, doing down my development uh, life when I started was I loved Android applications. But the moment I was thrown into industry, you find. Most of the companies, and a disclaimer, I know all of you, <laughs> most of the companies <laughs> will hire uh, external um, external developers who will come, and most of them, if not all, all make hybrid applications because it's easier. Yeah. Okay? It's easier. So now it comes down to if you're going to be an app developer, make sure you know other frameworks as well in your domain because you find instances where uh, a client to come to offer a lot of money. I'm like, I don't need an application. I want hybrid. Are you going to say no to the money? <laughs> no. Exactly. So now you have to learn in your domain. Mm. Okay. You don't have to cast your net everywhere because, again, I'll make reference to a podcast. A jack of all trades? Master of none. Thank you. Uh, so wait, is there a specific difference in the way we deploy uh, native applications, hybrid applications. Okay, definitely I know about web, mm-hmm. uh, mobile web applications. Those are pretty easy. But is there a particular difference? Like, I remember a few weeks ago, and I guess this is what prompted this conversation, was lately, after like all this Facebook drama, like I'm very cautious about like reading descriptions when I see new updates in the yeah. Play Store. Like, I want to know what kind of features are being rolled out and so on and so forth. And I noticed... Uh, on some apps, they don't put any descriptions. Like, yeah. this is developer did not provide information or a something like that. <laughs> yeah, and th- th- that was Instagram, I think, and Messenger that did that. And I was very curious as to what the deployment process is like, like what kind of standards are set, the differences uh, deploying applications for like Apple, Apple Store, App Store, and Google's Play Store, for example. Yeah. Um, in terms of deployment, uh, my experience with uh, Play Store is uh, once you package your application, depending on what uh, framework you're using or language you're using, the only thing the Play Store is interested in is the APK. So they don't care where it's from. 
all it cares about is APK. So deployment, whichever platform you're using, will still give you an APK at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So the APK now is, is one which you publish now to the Play Store. So now in terms of updates, uh, some organizations just choose not to put it. Because like today, I was uh, looking at uh, my Twitter update. It said, bugs, not nice, mm-hmm. fixes. What is it? What do I, I don't know. It's, that's all. That was a description. I didn't update. Why? What's there? Yeah. <laughs> you see? Actually, f- Facebook doesn't give no, it on doesn't. iOS like it doesn't, it doesn't give any any it just says something like thank you for <laughs> yes. downloading Facebook or something like that yeah so I don't know, I don't that, that, know that's why. that's really interesting is there a way we can actually check and enforce some like I don't know it would be easy I feel really uneasy it about it on Android to do that because you can de- uh, decompile the APK I don't know if that's legal now I don't know you can decompile an APK because an APK is basically a glorified zip 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 folder mm-hmm. because you can open with with WinZip or anything just the public and opens and mm-hmm. shows you everything that's there. But it depends on how the developer packaged the APK because there's, there's now some what's the code now uh, APK badge or something where you can now hide the code that's in the APK. So even if someone decompiles the code, just the byte code that you see, you don't actually see the classes. But a long time ago, you could decompile the Facebook application and see all their classes, the image, everything will be there. Okay, so now in terms of deployment, the good thing about hybrid applications is you deploy once. All the changes, the user only see when they open the application. They don't have to go and download it. It depends on uh, how you do your architecture in terms of deployment. Because my previous job, what I used to do was deploy the application once and all the changes are made on the server. And the only thing the, uh, the user will see is only when they open the application, then the change will be there. Okay, so that, that also again, uh, depends on who you're making it for, okay? The general public, you can't just make an update informing them. What are you changing? What are you mm-hmm. doing? It goes down now to the issue of privacy because what exactly have you done to the app now, which I don't know about, okay? So deployment again also has to be, nowadays, privacy is becoming very key. And one other thing developers don't do is the libraries that you use must be documented clearly. Even WhatsApp does that. All the open source applications, if you go to details, something, licenses, mm-hmm. they are all there. So when you're using certain libraries, for example, you have to document them exactly and make sure if they're open source, indicate they're open source. If they're not, please, please acknowledge the owner of the library. <laughs> why? Why, am, why I'm saying looking like at you? Yeah. Looking no, at no, 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 no. <laughs> Alliance, are you a culprit? <laughs> Uh, uh, why I'm saying so is because um, there are certain times where some people would ignore your application if it's not getting amount of traction that they would like. Mm-hmm. But the moment it becomes big, you can be under a very big lawsuit without you knowing. Or yeah. because you found a code on GitHub and put it in your app and packaged it. So always have to read the license. MIS license is very good. It's like a hybrid of BSD. You can modify it and you mm-hmm. can either acknowledge the author or not. But with a GPO license, whatever you use with a library from GPO has to be open source as well. That's why the, I'll give an example of the Linux on Windows the subsystem. Mm-hmm. Why it's open source is because the kernel is under the GPO license. So they can't sell it. Wow. <laughs> they can never sell it. Is that the whole... Are you sure that's the whole yes. reason? You can, it's, the GPO license has 13 lines. 13 lines is clear. <laughs> it's quite clear. Anything you use under the GPO license must be open source as well. 
I think I should read this stuff uh, more. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there's the Apache license, there's the MIT license, there's the GPO license, there's the BSD, but BSD is quite old. Most people don't use it. There's, which other one is there? I'm not sure, but these are the, fa- these are the main ones. So every mm. time you're checking for library, it's best you look out for these and read them accordingly because it might uh, affect you in future. Yeah. Talking of libraries, so say I'm a newbie, yeah? Mm-hmm. How is there any advice you would give on how to select the right libraries? Because mm-hmm. sometimes you find you know what type of library you're looking for, but then if you search, you'll find a bunch of them come through. Do you guys have like a really extensive uh, list of packages like we do with like Node or whatever? Or like in Python, we have so so many. Yeah, libraries. like we like yeah <laughs> for you to pick one is like yeah. now you have drilled down to how many downloads does it have and the yeah. reviews yeah and the reviews <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the good thing about most of these libraries uh, the good thing to look out for is first of all the license and the the last commit on the library okay and does it do what you want and also is it well documented so if you're a newbie Look out for the license, uh-huh. the documentation, and if it's from GitHub, they commit the, the recent commit because you find a library was uh, contributed to three years ago. It does what you want, but the day it breaks, who's going to fix it? Okay, so there are certain things that you have to look out for to help you, because I am having this challenge at the moment. <laughs> it's a library I want to use, but it's old. It does what uh, I want, but it's no old. Support. Okay. I just go with the one that has the most downloads. <laughs> I like his expression when he's doing the confession. <laughs> this is my confession. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, anyway, I mean, this, this can be like a side note. Mm-hmm. For most, uh, for the listeners who want to try Android development for the first time, I would recommend Android Hive and Simplified Coding. These are the uh, blogs I use to learn my Android coding. It taught me a lot of stuff and it has sample code which is open source. You can find anything. Whatever you search for, just put Android Hive at the end. It will come. Okay, I've, 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 I've noticed you've used the words open source a lot of times. Yeah. Are you contributing to any open source projects at the moment? At the moment, no. Why? I do not have the time. Okay. <laughs> That's the but thing. one thing I forgot to mention earlier is that React Native for Windows is also open source yeah. and it's also available on GitHub. We'll share the link in the description in case you anyone ever wants well, to contribute. Yeah, contribute. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also, speaking about open source, you have a chance. The developer conference website. Yes, it's open uh, source. It's, it's, it's actually, open source. I actually studied. So it's in it's in my repository. I'll be yes. checking on it. You'll be checking, not contributing. Not making pull requests. Yes. Why don't you make pull requests? Yes. Think about it. I'm learning React now. You want me to destroy your website? No, but then there'll be pull requests. Someone will review depends, the, yeah, the pull just, request yeah. before they can I, make we'll reviews before. Yeah. I think is is there a product manager here? Me. That is why I'm saying there will yes. be you, you, reviews of the you, pull requests. You understand how devastating it is on our side when you are butchering someone's code like this is bad get over Change. yourself no but you will be <laughs> learning <laughs> no, imagine imagine it's mukuma who's reviewing your Eish. pull request at least you, you, you will know Eish. that i messed up here next time i, I should know. not do abcd mukuma i know <laughs> 
Strip the point. No. It's helpful. Dennis, I'll still be looking out Wait, for you. Wait, are you saying I have no empathy? No, 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 no. You need to understand one thing. For me, I believe in ob- ob- obje- objectivity, which mm. I think you have. No, oh, thank you. Yes. Why I'm saying so is because uh, when you're doing Android, uh, when you're doing development, regardless of someone's feelings, you need to understand you are there to achieve a goal. Mm. Mm. You're, not, you're not there to hurt someone's feelings, but what you say can either build someone or break them. So the way you say it, it, it depends. It depends on uh, the kind of person you're talking to. There's negative enforcement and positive enforcement. Most of the time, you get it right. Huh. I'm see. doing well, Cynthia. Because huh? for you. me, I but take other times. He's he's human too. I don't know, but it's yeah. <laughs> never had an issue with me. Okay. The thing is, um, if I'm wondering to, how I I I. Maybe we should get like honest reviews. Yeah. From <laughs> yeah. Now I'm wondering. So if someone is reviewing your code, just make sure what they're saying is not taken to heart. Per se. If mm-hmm. your feelings are hit, just listen to the criticism they're giving you, not how they're saying it. It's not it's not easy for everyone, but someone like me, I take everything on the chin. You can tell me this is bad, I'll be like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Thank you, Dennis, for saying don't take it personal. So, Dennis, this is my advice. Mm-hmm. Do not take it personal when either Elias or Mukuma review your pull request. So I'll be waiting for your pull request on the DevCon website thank you because i'm really passionate about the web mm-hmm. the web is my me not say first love you know but it's the future but your first love was java it was an abusive relationship it was an abusive relationship <laughs> <laughs> but um i see a point where um we're looking at improving performance and there's a lot of strides being made even in terms of making progressive web apps what they were three years ago and what they are now there's there's, there's totally different mm-hmm. uh like ecosystem now and there's way more people that are developing uh progressive web apps and providing support that's just basically javascript to be honest yeah, yeah. so we have so many more javascript developers that the ecosystem is improving we have we we don't subject people to java to java <laughs> basically so we're always looking for easier things to do and i feel like the future is like we're talking about interoperability before Mm-hmm. I th- I personally think it's just a world full of JavaScript. Yeah, JavaScript runs the world. What I'll say about native apps is they're not going anywhere. Those no, they're not. They're, they're, they're here they're, to stay. Yeah, there's just a perfect perfect example. Uh, and you knew you, you knew I wasn't going to go a whole podcast without talking about gaming, even if it is mobile gaming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, you're not going to build. Uh, you have to build a game as a native app, or at least uh, a frame a framework. Is Unity a framework? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that will create an instance that is meant for a specific platform. Yeah, and I, and I guess it go back, goes back to what Dennis said. Um, it depends what you're building the app for. Exactly. There's apps that are really focused on utilizing hardware, mm-hmm. and. I think even one of the reasons we use Java in the first place is for developing desktop apps is the ability to take advantage of hardware, for if, yeah, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, even, uh, what do you call this? Platform independence. Yeah, platform pl- independence. Platform independence, right? So it's similar to the same thing. Yeah. The, there's always something for a particular purpose. For me, I just prefer building stuff for the web and making sure users who are on mobile don't have to go to the Play Store and download a native app to use my platform. Yeah. So there'll always be that. So the other thing would be 
how do we make money? How do we make money? Oh, it's a very good question. Yeah. Would you like to answer it? I feel like that's one of the things you have said. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's b- before someone gets to appreciate what they're doing, they have to know the b- uh, bad side of it, which is, you know, getting started. Mm-hmm. You just can't be thinking of, oh, make money, make money. Mm-hmm. You have to know what you have to go through to actually get what you want. Okay. So in, so- is it Southern Africa or is it just Zambia? It's, uh, Southern Africa, you can't Southern sell your apps yeah. on the Play Store. No, you can. Now. You can in Zambia. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't think of. That. And the one that's making more money apparently it's a game. Last time I checked, by a Zambian guy, whoever I don't know it. It's, I'm, okay. I'm yet to find out. I've been trying to find out. Yeah. Till so now. the well, one of the things you can do now, if you don't want to sell your application, is I mean this is going to be a bit. Uh, what do I say? She's about to say it. Ads. Uh. He said it. Yes. He said it. <laughs> no, as a developer, you have to you have to look at how much you're investing and how much you're expecting to get out. Yeah, you 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 have to have a business model. Exactly. I think uh, on uh, the episode where we had uh, uh, is it Twambo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it 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 was a similar discussion, right? You have to have a business model yes. because at the end of the day, you need to bring in revenue. Yeah, in as much as people love building apps for fun and whatnot. You have to have a feasible yeah. uh, business model, so yeah. The end goal shouldn't be to be paid to make an application, but to make an application that will retain the money you're being paid. Yeah. So the easiest way to do is at the moment is ads. As much as uh, as much as ads are frowned upon now because of issue of privacy and everything, uh, if Google says the the ads are secure and there's no uh, infringement of privacy, it's not your problem. The person, the people are going to be charged for that. Are Google, not you. Because okay, so you're talking about using uh, Google's ad, yeah. ad services. Yes, those are ones I, I know personally. So yeah. I'll give I an think e- those are the most the most popular. Yeah, in any case. I'll give an example. There's a guy who was my senior in uni. He made uh, an application for past papers. I don't know if you guys have seen it on Android. Uh, I saw it. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I've, I've heard yeah. of it. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, the the f- the first time I, I I saw it, as usual, as being you know. Passionate, and they were like, "Why are there only three buttons?" <laughs> <laughs> the whole screen only has three buttons. You open it. Okay, it's the PDF is there. So what? But after one year, I discovered it had over ten thousand downloads, and all he did was add one section of ads, and he gets. We well, not say the amount, but he gets. No, we want to know <laughs> an approximate figure. No, no, no. I, I, I can't say that because the information is not given to me by the source. Oh, yes. okay. But the thing is... I feel like even that you should have said Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a circle. Uh-huh. So You don't have to explain anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay. So the thing is, um, he makes quite um, an amount of money off that. <laughs> okay, so he makes quite an amount of money and it, people didn't really care about the design. All they wanted was the end product, yeah, yeah, which was the past papers. So the more people download it, and they're still downloading up to now. So every time someone opens the application and the ad pops up, money enters the account. So it's as simple as that. All you have to do is give the solution to the people and solve your money problem. What's the name of this app? Uh, I forgot the name, but what's it called? Zambian something. I'm, I'm not sure. I have to check. It's not on i on App Store. It's on Play Store. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we'll put a link in the description. Yeah. So that we can 
give them all those ad dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's adding value to the, yeah, the kids yeah. who are. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Anyway, so um, <laughs> thank you for listening to Codcast. Um, it's amazing that you have gotten to the end. Yeah, we're we're, we're fun to listen to. It's one of those days, guys. It's, 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 yeah. <laughs> so if if you want to tweet us or get in touch with us, we are at Code Agora on Twitter. Uh, Codecast Zambia on Facebook or on Instagram, Codecast ZM. Um, we are on 11 platforms now. One of our newest platforms be in the description. Um, yeah, and best part is you can leave a review on iTunes. Make sure it's like three stars and above. But you can put one star and leave a yeah, review. Yeah, if, if you like hate us that much <laughs> yeah. and like you don't want to support like a small group of Zambians. <laughs> <laughs> it did just go on. Yeah, he used that card. So you 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 don't want to do that. So that that's Codecast ZM on all our platforms actually. Um, yeah, special special shout out the team. It's our first year this month of like doing this. Yeah, yeah, it should be around around, yeah, our, first around year, our first year, which is amazing. This is episode fifteen. Uh, also. Uh, we 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 yeah we 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 managed one thousand, one thousand listens yeah. yeah it's a big milestone and big pretty milestone proud for, us, for our little group of Zambians and me <laughs> that's great thank you Dennis yeah, for you, Dennis. always yeah. listening and yeah. I noticed that he has been listening like he would refer to you know the scalability episode the imposter syndrome yeah. episode <laughs> that's that's, 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 that's great these references that we. <laughs> we do. <laughs> So yeah, thank you for listening. Keep listening. Keep throwing in that feedback. We have a survey on our Twitter uh, pinned tweet. Um, take that and give us feedback. I am Sawa underscore Bones on Twitter. Uh, Kenanuma on GitHub and Facebook. If you want to get in touch. I am Jorelai on Twitter. Jorelai360. Twitter underscore. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. My, my favorite part when Elias has to do his. <laughs> well, um, uh, on Twitter, I am Python Kalisi. On Facebook, I am Cynthia Mlenga. GitHub, I am Lenzi. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, on Twitter, mm. my handle mean is a lot different. at imdg50. Uh, I think if you see me in person, my stature, you would understand the handle. So on GitHub, I'm Dennis M501. On Facebook, yeah, no, I'm not giving you a mega name. Um, We're gonna give it out anyway. Yeah. So yeah. they will know. Why, why I'm saying this? <laughs> because put it in the description <laughs> and everything. Okay, since they've, they've strong, I'm into saying it. Um, my Facebook name is Dennis Mubamba, and oh, Stack Overflow. Even on Stack Overflow, I am Dennis M501. So if you have any issues, you can tag me in a post. And I'll sh- I'll help if I have time. Especially if there are issues to do with no point exceptions. Yes, those <laughs> I would very very much help you. Uh yeah, thank you very much, guys, for coming through once again. Also, special shout out to our sound engineer. We never talk about him, but he's been pretty amazing from the from the get go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Since we're celebrating one year. Yes. His handle on Twitter is the sound guy, right? Okay, Codecast, we're out. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Codecast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at CodecastZM and subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss a show. Leave us a rating on iTunes and please do tell a friend about the show.